welcome to Forever Canon, the podcast where we talk about our favorite Star Wars books, such as Legacy of the Force, Book 7, Fury, which we just had finished in its entirety last week. I'm Justin. And I'm Tim. And this week on Forever Canon, we're going to talk about Legacy of the Force, Book 7, Fury, <laughs> in its entirety, from cover to cover, like I just said. But first, bum bum bum. Previously on Forever Canon, we finished Legacy of the Force, <laughs> Book 7, Fury, with a marathon six-chapter episode to wrap it up like you guys have never seen such a monster 40-something page six-chapter marathon now i'm okay it's crazy when you're trying to keep to a format <laughs> but that was last week yes okay this week we're just gonna zip through this entire book real quick right now with the galactic overview what like that kashik is burning the attack by Jason Solo and the Galactic Alliance has pushed as many star systems to join the confederation as it has deterred others the war is growing increasingly feral with each side resorting to biological warfare, criminal war behavior, and increasingly desperate tactics. As the dark forces surrounding the war are feeding the chaos, the Confederation has managed to ready their most dangerous weapon, Centerpoint. A botched attempt to annihilate Jason Solo with a massive gravity weapon leads to the GA attempting to capture Centerpoint for themselves. A battle that leads to the ultimate destruction of the galaxy-threatening superweapon, as well as tremendous losses on both sides of the war. We are left in an uncertain, nebulous position at the end of the book. How will the war be changed on either side? We won't know until we move forward. That was it. That was pretty much everything that happened right there. Bam, like 30 seconds. Yeah, I'm glad we actually like to talk about these books. <laughs> these review episodes would suck. <laughs> Well, I think, you know, we wouldn't make it to the review episodes if we didn't like these in the first place. Not true. But pretty much that's everything that happens. I mean, the war is getting worse. Both sides are treating each other worse. And then Aaron Alston fires off center point two times and then blows it up and takes his toys home in a bag. and says <laughs> nobody can play with this anymore. Yeah, I broke it. Sorry. All right. And like, really, at the end of the book, you know, everything is more centered around the personal uh madness that's that's going on around Jason Solo and sort yeah. of every character in his immediate family not so much on the greater scope of the war at large so when we come to the end of the book we don't really know what's going to happen moving forward center point's gone mm -hmm. that was like a big you know weapon on the table for the confederation if not Corellia at least yeah it was it was that that big like danger spot for everybody like yeah, well, what could yeah, happen it, with it? It was it's the nuclear missile pointed at you, right? Mm -hmm. Like I'll press the button. Don't make me press the button. <laughs> don't like make me do it. It's the make you listen to me trick. Yeah. So I don't know. We don't really know what's gonna happen moving forward with the war. That's uh that'll become clear, I'm sure, throughout the next book. But that's the galaxy at large. Uh it turns out shit's crazy. Yeah. So with everything in such an uncertain state, we'll jump to our very first certainty, which is our character review. And I have a, a strong certainty in here that this will be the last time a Lemurar appears in our character review in a review episode. 
Character number one, Alemarar, Dead Neck Dark Lady. <laughs> She's got a new nickname. All right. I'm trying to give them new nicknames every time. I don't know if anybody's been paying attention to that. Let me know what your favorite is. You know how to reach me. So what happens with Alemarar in Fury? She continues her quest for balance. Trademark. Attacking the solos. <laughs> Han and Leia in particular from Lumaya's asteroid in Bamil. Projecting herself across the galaxy to accomplish her goals. Even spirit tying herself to Alana at one point. Uh, unknowingly. Unwittingly. While trying to kill Han. Unfortunately for Alema, this draws much attention to her location. <laughs> yeah. Where she is finally... Physically confronted by Jaina, Zek, and Jag deep in the interior of the asteroid. She's bad at making friends. Real bad. <laughs> so even those hidden Sith that she found come out to Bumil too. Well, maybe we'll kill yeah. her, but we're definitely going to blow up that asteroid. Yeah, and they do. Nobody, nobody should have access to this power. I don't know why. They didn't just take it for themselves. That seems still so weird. But nonetheless, the Sith are coming to kill her. Jaina and Zek and Jag are coming to kill her. And Ship, the ancient meditation sphere, abandons her. And she's left to defend herself. Alone as she has been since her sister's death. With no help. No hope. No love. She dies with her neck in the crush gaunt hands of her longtime hunter and pursuer. Yeah, I like Jagged Fell. I, I like pursuer better. Yeah, and Hunter. I like but, that he gets the kill. Yeah, and my my part of that I liked of of her in that was at, right at the end, like seconds before she dies, where she says, "Remember us, yeah. remember us as we used to be," which is weird because she's still saying the bug thing. Yeah, she's still still creepy talking she's, like that. But. but it is she gets a heartbreaking end, like this villain who's been well used. Well. She's been maybe sparsely used, but well used in times when she's been yeah. present. Like she's a well placed villain. Let's run through the laundry list of things that she's been up to. She killed the world brain. Yeah, with her poison dart. She, uh, you know, then she she killed Lomi Plo with Lumaya when they teamed up, and then. She's she been... had many, many, many attempts on the solo. Yeah. She crashed a ship into this meeting place where everybody was uh, gathering and have, having a battle. She took over Lumaya's asteroid after Lumaya was dead. She strapped a bunch of bombs to her chest before that in order to try to kill Luke and Mara. Yeah. Like she has been doing wild shit every time she's been in the narrative. Until this book, she's always been the sidekick. Yeah. Yeah. And this was like, well, this in the last book. Yeah. Where, like, right away from the beginning, she's like, hey, Jason, what are you doing? Jet. Where she takes on, like, you know, more, I don't know, ownership of her own actions. She's not somebody's, like you said, sidekick. She's mm -hmm. the one making the decisions now. Which ultimately gets her killed because, you know, she's not that... She's crazy. She's halfway crazy. And she's got no friends. She has nobody to help her. So... Guess she's crazy. She, she has had everything taken from her repeatedly throughout her life, and here she dies, even more broken than before, ironically enough, having restored no balance. She lost mm -hmm. everything. Yep. 
her journey from the underground skulker and the Coruscant Undercity all the way to Phantom Projection Artist ends with what accomplishments? Um, Few. Yeah. Few, like, tangible, far-reaching accomplishments. Yeah. We don't know what's going to happen she with never the even, Sith. She, yeah, that. She brought them into the fold in, in at least some capacity here. But she never even really has a lot of meaningful interaction with Jason. Who is, you know, the main character of the whole yeah, no. series. She doesn't have a whole lot of actual interaction other than with Lumaya, like conversationally wise. Well, she always has the only conversations. Yeah, you're right. The only conversations she really has are with other people other than Lumaya or when she's trying to kill them. Yeah. <laughs> and like, you know, they talk back and forth. As you yeah. like other than that, she doesn't do much other than I'm going to try and kill you. Oh, it didn't work. Okay, I'll try again next week. No. And yet still like. She's fun to have around. This, this villain earned a pretty awesome death. You know, she's been around since the Dark Nest as as like a significant background. Well, not background in the Dark Nest, but as like a yeah. significant threat. You know, she got relegated to the background and resurfaced here. But I I don't know. I always thought Alema was cool. She's got a great motivation for losing herself and stuff like that. And yeah, and and a good. I don't know, a precipitation of how that happened with like the whole bug brainwashing thing and being absorbed into the culture of that. And then ad- adopting the, the uh, idea of the balance instead of like a different uh, Jedi view of the force and stuff. Like she's really interesting. Yeah. She didn't fit the traditional like force user archetypes at all. No. And then she's the brokenest person mentally, physically, Made her a lot of fun. And he, yeah, made her very interesting. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, she's like that wild card. Yeah. But she also still had like a very clear direction. Yeah, she knew what she wanted. You know, where like I hate villains that are like, I'm going to conquer the world <laughs> for whatever reason. She's just like, I'm going to fucking kill Leia Solo. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to. You are fucked. <laughs> I'm going to screw up her life and then I'm you know, going to She blames her. her for everything that happened to her afterwards, the disfigurement and all that. I don't know. It's pretty good. She she gave Han and Leia something to do while they were avoiding their problem child. So, <laughs> so that's really what she did for most of the books was like antagonize those. Two. Yeah. Just chase them around, try and kill their asses. Keep them in the story. Yeah. When she wasn't doing other people's things, that's what she was doing, man. Yeah. You're right. Keep them in the fucking <laughs> story. Because they were not often in the early books. No. All right. What was your favorite moment of Lumaya? Lumaya? Of Alema? Whoa. 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 Lumaya was mentioned a few times. Yes, she <laughs> right. was. Anyways. What was your favorite moment of Alemarar in Fury? Other than the end, which I've already mentioned. Well, I death. will say then that was my favorite part. Okay. Yeah. That broke my heart when she was like, remember us, remember us as we were. Yeah, she was like that. In her final moments, she's not trying to goad him. She's not trying to, you know, shout for her own importance. She's not trying to tell him how sorry he's going to be or how she's going to get him and all this. She's resigned and defeated and broken. Yeah, she's sad and scared. And just wants to be remembered as... The first half of her life mm-hmm. it was so sad. Anyways, okay, you. <laughs> um, when she's, I like her use 
of the of the Force Phantoms. Mm. At any time that came up, it yeah. was it was kind of cool because she, she was so yeah. It was they she changed she she gave herself her idealized view of herself, how she wanted to be, which and, made her character sadder. Yeah, so much more like, depth to her. All of a sudden, she's only showing up as a past version of herself because she can't bear to be the person that she is anymore. Yeah. Or doesn't conscious, hasn't consciously assimilated the fact that she's not that person anymore. Like how, you know, at 32 years old, sometimes you picture yourself in your head at 23. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, no, I don't, I don't that's, look like that that's anymore. That's not what it, yeah. Yeah. The hair is like thin and stuff. And like, you tell me, yeah, well, I mean, Hey, you had, chemo <laughs> <laughs> i just got i'm just going thin up top know, right down the middle the sides are still thick and puffy like a fucking marshmallow yeah stupid out for all listeners that don't know my hair i have like an afro yeah when it grows out it's like a curly afro that grows equally along across the radius and circumference of my head in all directions a perfect circle <laughs> i think at one point you actually had one i did it was very big yeah <laughs> it was like a solid four inches off the top of my head and so anyhow imagine now that's going thin on the top it's not good yeah the point being if i was forced phantom projecting myself i would probably look like a better version of myself too yeah and that's so humanizing and it's so relatable yeah as for a villain you know that's that's how you make a good villain they can't just be crazy and evil with no good root. Yeah, that little bit of sadness really helps. Yeah, it goes a long way. Yeah. Just, da. Goodbye, Alamara. It's weird to have a villain that you kind of like. She's gone now. Yeah, she's gone. Oh, yeah. Bye-bye, Birdie. Had a villain. See you later, bud. <laughs> we will remember you only as the crazy person because there's not a whole lot written about he was a good person that I remember. No. We may find out more as we go back through the NJO in the next two years or whatever. But on to our second character examination. Han and Leia Solo. The Solo Parents Family Reunion Edition. They start out putting out fires on Kashyyyk. Quickly, they discover a secondary problem, which is that Alema can apparently teleport across the galaxy and attack them anytime she wants to. So they, of course, team up with their daughter, Reunion, Mm -hmm. and her team of boyfriends to sneak aboard the Anakin, sorry, Lust Toads, to sneak aboard the Anakin Solo and steal the shuttle information of where Lumaya's asteroid was. Because reasons... Jane has said that's what's happening. That's how Alema keeps attacking you. She must be on Lumaya's asteroid. So they team up with her daughter, finally. I, I mean, I think it's been a couple times now. Yeah, just a couple. But, you know, get back in there. Spend more time with your family. I don't know if you guys realize. <laughs> that it, uh, The root of all the problems here. Yes. Is that your son is insecure in his ability to be a, to provide a safe existence for his child. And the root of all that is your abandonment of him throughout his entire childhood while you were fighting the chaos in the galaxy. Okay. So they team up with their daughter. They head to the Anakin where Leia meets with Jason on the bridge, attempting to distract him with 
a goading conversation about like come back to the light side and like look at all the things you're doing how do you not think this is terrible mm-hmm. real talk but you know yeah a I distraction i don't think she had much hope in that. the first of many times that somebody's just gonna get it get at jason as a distraction for something else going on you know this book has a lot of that yes, it's it kind does. of the same mission over and over again in different flavors mm-hmm. anyhow on this one she decides to save his life him and all of her immediate family that are also aboard the Anakin by telling him these Karelian ships here are all empty. So this seems like a trap. We're here for this secret meeting that blah, 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 blah. This seems bad, Jason. Everybody's going to die. So I'm going to give you a warning. I'm going to save your life. Isn't that nice? Mm-hmm. Mother and son reunited for the first time in a while. Their first real chat since he delivered the body of Boba Fett's dead daughter to his parents. As you do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, mom, I'm coming for dinner. Bringing a corpse. When I read through this stuff sometimes and like this sus- very succinct uh, collection of, of what has happened, mm-hmm. it blows my mind. It sounds <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> so. As you do. Yeah. <laughs> I just yeah. I don't know what else to say about that. Escaping in the ensu- ensuing chaos. Leia feels Jason's hate throughout the blow throughout the star system as the ambush is on and he's being attacked by Jedi and all kinds of stuff. Another tough knock for Mama Solo. They use the data from the shuttle to find the asteroid, of course, where Han and Leia wind up waiting as getaway drivers, being threatened by Han's own force presence, and Leia showing off some sweet lightsaber skills while keeping a lemma away from yeah, the, just the the cockpit where they're covered in minox ah, and they taste like han in the force and, you know as, <laughs> it's the way the force like, phantoms go guys. yeah that, that's how it works they jump to a quick reunion with luke on endor hello reunion which sends them back to the anakin to kidnap alana another reunion unknowingly so far <laughs> <laughs> which of course they succeed at after Facing down the ever-dangerous YVH droids, and they escape with the child. They have a moment of revelation. I guess we can use that. Uh, where Alana reveals to Han and Leia that Jason's my daddy. And they say, we are your grandparents. Holy shit, these guys had a busy book. Yeah. <laughs> Look at them back in the fold, man. How do you do it at 70 years old? How do you get back in there like that? Yeah, they're they're definitely busier than we've seen them. They, they definitely had a little bit... They were bopping all over the place, but... Well, it was good. They were, like, being involved in missions for the good side. Yeah. Not just, like, trying to defend their own uh, uh, governmental ideas. Yeah, or just, oh, hey, we want you to do this. Okay. Well, like, oh... First, it was it just kind of started off all like, "Hey, you can't tell Karelia what to do. That's not how things work." And then it was like, "Hey, I'll tell Karelia what to do by killing all of its prime ministers over and over again, just because somebody told me to." I wonder who's gonna be prime minister next. They're up to like their fifth one in I don't know. seven books. Yeah, well, ever since she fucking karate kicked a Ewok across Kashyyyk, they've been on their own path of making their own decisions. Yeah, that was when they were like we got to go to the Wookiees and tell them not to support Jason. We have to do the thing to save the people, not the 
government, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing. And ever since then, they've been on their own path, and it's by far the most involved that they've been. They spend the whole book with Jaina, pretty much. They visit the Anakin twice. Leia hangs out with Jason for a minute. Yeah. They even take part in Luke's plans for once. They went and did their own thing for like six books, and the whole galaxy went to shit. <laughs> I just, you know? They left Team Solo Skywalker, and then it was real bad. Yeah. Like, a lot of bad things happened. Yeah, they came back, and people were like, hey, Jason's bad. We should do something about that. Yeah, and they were like, oh, I know, but like... That's going to suck. We got to go kill more Prime Ministers or something. Like, yeah. I don't know. We got shit to do. <laughs> we got we to gotta be all over the galaxy. I don't know. Either, either way, they're back right now. Yep. And now, they're grandparents. That was cool. That was kind of cool. And like Alana, I don't know, the way that her dialogue was written in that book, she seemed like it, I was reading it so sweet. She yeah. was like so cute. <laughs> yeah. And like just like a adorable little, little sweetie. Yeah. It reminds me of my, my little niece who loves playing with her little princess dolls. and <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Man. It's great. It was cute. Anyways. Okay. Enough about Alana. What was your favorite moment of Han and Leia in Fury? Han didn't give me one really, mm. but I I like Leia on the Anakin talking to Jason. Yeah, that was good. Just like not intimidating him, not interrogating him. What's that word where you're trying to incite him? It's a different word though. Yeah. Either way, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I I like that. She's trying to get under his skin. Yeah, just as a distraction. And she and she wasn't being outwardly like antagonistic about it yeah she was just hey you should really think about what you're doing and he fired him his own self up yeah. doing it yeah pretty much i mean like you know she knew what she was doing she put the landmine out there and he blew himself up <laughs> yes because <laughs> yes, he's gonna did. overreact to everything i thought han did give me a few moments that i liked but especially i liked it was that attack on the Anakin at the end where he was just like automatically firing his blaster. Yeah. Not even I'm holding my hand out, clicking my finger <laughs> to my palm <laughs> silently for a second there. But like, he just was like in, I don't know, automatic mode, just autonomically gunslinging assassin. Mm-hmm. And he shoots a laser right yeah. down the barrel. Yeah. Of sniper solo. Yeah. We call, sniper I think we call man, him sniper, sniper man. man. Man, it was pretty sick. And then you know what? I wrote the same. I said the same thing for Leia. Her face to face with Jason was just intense. Yeah, and it was a such a dire and drastic situation that it turned out to be. Like everything went fucking crazy there. He was just okay, whatever. <laughs> and for the first half of that whole conversation that they have, I, I as you as I'm reading it, I was like, he's gonna snap and he's gonna attack her. And yeah, she's gonna be dead. You're kind of sitting there waiting for him to kill his mom. Yeah, <laughs> at any moment, just because she steps too far over the line. Yeah, it's great. Next, for our character roundup, is Luke Skywalker, Grandmaster Version One Point Awake. Is that like 1.0 or yeah, 1.0? I got it. One point woke. That's better. One point waked. All right. Yeah, whatever. You get the point. (laughs) 
He starts out on Endor, where the Jedi are hiding because they are now political refugees after having betrayed Jason Solo and the Galactic Alliance, Akashik. And his mentality is not in a great place at the beginning of the book. He's essentially just lost and on autopilot still. Mm -hmm. You know, between Ben's torture and rage and their battle with Jason Solo and the death of his wife not too long ago, Luke Skywalker's in, in... Pretty tough spot. Yeah, understandable. He's very disconnected. Rough couple of months. He's not really being a great leader, so all the Jedi Masters attack him. Just sparring. (laughs) Just just playing around. We want to get his body moving so we can engage his mind. I think that's kind of the trick there. I I think so. I'm pretty sure. They want to break him out of his days, and it only kind of works nominally at first as... Luke tells the Masters essentially to sort out their own plan for Jason after this little sparring match. <laughs> I'm not making decisions. You figure it out. That's what he says. You figure it out. All right, man. So, after Kyle Katarn figures it out and is then nearly killed, Luke wakes up one more degree and brings Wedge and Company into the fold. He needs their resources to track Jason all the way to the Skeleton Crew Confederation meeting. Intending to attack him on the Anakin with two masters this time. His plan. Hello. Mm-hmm. But plans change, don't they? Especially in war, and turns out Jason is in a lone fighter instead of deep in the heart of the Anakin Solo, a gigantic <laughs> super star destroyer. He's just in one tiny little ship out there it's in the middle of vast Floating of around. Space. Pew, pew. Bye-bye. This easy pickings. Until... When Luke has the chance to kill him, as we've gone over many times. Your favorite part. Another chance to kill him. Again, he's had many. He's had a few. He's had enough. And he doesn't due to an unexpected child being in the cockpit with Jason. Another of many missed opportunities. But moving forward, back on Endor, Ka arrives to ask for Luke's help with her kidnapped daughter. Luke puts two and two together mm-hmm. <laughs> about the child he just encountered in Jason's cockpit. And he devises his best plan yet. It truly is a a fucking good plan. Go back and go ahead and read it. And then the rest of the book from here on is the execution of that plan and the, and the, the fallout thereof. It's the best thing he's done in, in all seven books. Yeah. The only problem is it's a plan to save the kid and not to kill Jason. Yeah, he's a, he's a peripheral part of that plan. He's kind of wasting his best plan. Yeah. So, after a quick phone call, because it's that easy to call your brother, mm-hmm. reveals that Mara's killer is now dead. Of course, Alamarar. Who else would it be? As Luke Skywalker know. believes. Luke wakes all the way up through a few conversations with Ben where his grief is laid bare as a major fucking weakness, a crippling injury, and... I think he's kind of brought back by these two things combined. Like, those two things combined, I just said. The conversations with Ben and the news that Alema is dead. That, you know, brings a certain measure of peace to the idea of, I killed the wrong person. Yes. Uh, well, now we got the right one. And then you work on, like, ah, Lumaya still deserved to die. But, like, I just, you know, oh, geez, I did it for the wrong reasons. Yeah, you work through your guilt after. Yeah, and then you bring that baggage to the fight with Jason and you don't kill him and you move on. Anyhow, so... Back to the plan. 
They get to the Anakin. And Luke uses himself, Saba, and his son, finally, who he's been babying and keeping out of all the missions. They use themselves to distract Jason with an attack aboard the Anakin's bridge, where Mm -hmm. he was just meeting with his mom not too long ago. A distraction that, of course, is supposed to clear the way for Alana's rescue. So same kind of plan. We'll go to the bridge and distract Jason. Well, you guys take care of whatever you need to take care of otherwise in the ship. He's peasy. He needs to get a more secure ship. He keeps getting attacked right on his bridge almost. Yeah, I was thinking about that. Yeah. And uh, then again, I I kind of brought it down to the idea of like, there's it's a giant ship. There's a lot of places to get in. Yeah. Especially if you're Jedi. Okay, fine. But this is kind of more to the heart of this whole book is about Jason being distracted Mm -hmm. and doing the wrong things. And, you know, it's literally made fucking plain because every plan is just to distract Jason while you do what you want to do. He's so easily distracted right now. I mean, easily distracted being your estranged mother shows up to berate you and you're attacked by Grandmaster Luke Skywalker and his son who you've recently tortured and your mom's lizard-faced master, former master, cold-blooded killing machine. But either way, the plan works. Alana's rescued, and ladies and gentlemen, the big man has come through. That's a win for the Jedi. Yeah, he starts making decisions. And this win is like an unequivocal win. There are no losses on this mission. No. Saba gets hurt. Yep. (laughs) That's That's exactly (laughs) what I was going to say. Yeah. Other than that. Everybody else accomplishes their mission, you know, with minimal injury. And they all get away. Yeah. Because Jason is distracted. It's that easy. And not only was he distracted by the attack on the bridge, right? While they were stealing the kid. Mm -hmm. Then he feels his daughter being stolen. And then he's re-distracted away from them having to defend themselves. And he runs away from the battle on the bridge yeah, with Luke he, and Saba just, and Ben. He just abandons that, so they're free to go. Mind you, I'm fine with Jason's priorities there. Yeah. I, I don't blame him at all. Like, I don't think that's, you know, stupid. No. I don't. I think that's well-earned. But that, 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 that is a, a reasonable distraction. Yeah, sure. It just happens to work out that everybody gets the fuck out of there scot-free, you know? No yeah. problem few innocent people blown up on the sidelines, but other than that, our team got out clear. I just think Luke has a major journey in this book from being broken and lost and despondent in the opening chapters where slowly his son, Ben, yeah. the wise old wizard, <laughs> is able to force Luke to look at himself, look at his failings in the current time. He's not leading. He's not feeling. He's not seeing. You know, he's kind of lost and shut yeah. off he's not wanting to be alive ben tells him yeah he's just he's literally just a a shell of what the grandmaster used to be sh- yeah, should, should be, be could be yeah. exactly all those words and from there in sort of in this order he reconnects with the jedi masters mm-hmm. with old friends wedge and company his sister and brother leia and Han. mm-hmm the sword of the Jedi, his niece. And most importantly, he reconnects to his son, Ben. 
not as a father to a child, as a man to a man. Yeah. He trusts Ben. He involves Ben. And then they have their first fully successful mission. Once he reconnects with everybody and brings them into the fold and all of their resources into the mission, it's a full success. Yeah, once they're all together. Like we've been talking about the whole time. Like it used to be. Like The solo Skywalker family got scattered across, you know, dividing lines of loyalty at the beginning of the book series. Mm Mm-hmm. And that has been the weakness in the armor of the galaxy all along the way. So the, finally, everybody reunites here at the beginning of the ending trilogy of the triple trilogy, right? This is yes. part one of the third act. Yeah. Everybody comes back together. They have their first fully successful mission. That sentence looked hard. It was <laughs> It looked hard. <laughs> But they have their first fully successful mission. No heads cut off, no lungs punctured, no children tortured. Grandmaster Luke Skywalker has been version 1.0 awaked. I'm going to say it worse every fucking time. Okay. So I just think that's beautiful goddamn writing. You know, not it. It's just it has it has a lot of reflections. It has a lot of layers being repeated him reconnecting to everything you know where like in the beginning of the book he's he's disconnected from his son yeah in a normal teenage way Mm -hmm. you know they don't get along they don't have the same values they don't agree on things they fight at dinner every time he comes over that kind of stuff and then slowly and slowly he disconnects from everybody else han and leia bounce Jaina is always kind of doing her own thing with the military. Jason and him have been divided for a while at the beginning of the series, it seems. And, you know, slowly everybody gets more isolated and alienated from each other. And everything gets worse and worse and worse and worse and worse up until the point where Mara dies, Ben gets tortured, and Alana gets kidnapped. Until... Luke Skywalker literally brings everybody back together on Endor where they defeated the Empire yeah. for the final time, you know, disregarding the years that follow from that war until you <laughs> resettle the government and stuff like that. But, you know, like symbolically, this is fucking amazing. Yeah, it was really well done and nicely. I think his recovery right, was it was a nice it wasn't like too fast it wasn't spread out too far it was a nice pace to it too and it was the only times we really saw ben in the book was him trying to get through to his dad yeah and it was also impactful for luke like it changed his character so much through this book more so just bringing himself back to his true self Mm -hmm. where like you value your family and your friends above everything else and you use those connections to make everything else better for everybody else. Right? <clears throat> I don't know. I thought that was thinking about it now and like as I was going through the review, I'm just like you just kind of watch you're watching everything get pulled apart through the first two acts. Mhm. The first two trilogies bit by bit and then further and further and wider and wider pulled apart. And then in book seven, Fury, 
everything starts to get stitched back together. Group by group, here comes Jag back to the picture. Jag is now with Jaina and Zek. And then Han and Leia tag, tag, tag up with Jaina and Zek and Jag. And then mm-hmm. they come to Endor with Luke and everybody else. Where Wedge has already come. Where Sial and Tycho have come. Like, yeah. he, It's the literal gathering of the... The of the historical heroes, he gathers every mythical hero that he can find <laughs> to take down the big bad evil guy Jason Solo. And step one works. Yeah, it works flawless. Yeah, yeah, with like minor hitches, but nothing like a little little burn barabella, no big deal. <laughs> she got scales. She'll heal. Yeah, she's fine. She has regenerative properties. Yeah, she does. She's fine. What was your favorite Luke Skywalker moment, man? Um, I I like after he has that conversation with Ben and how like when Ben really pulls him out of his whole thing, and he he says, "You know what? It's time for you to make your lightsaber." Oh yeah. You were how what I got from that was you're wise enough to figure it out and get me out of my problems. And it was the whole like. You know, you did your homework about Darth Vader and you yeah, you saw what I wanted you to see there. And then you offer me wisdom that I'm not, you know, able to offer myself. It was so much awesome growth for them individually, for them together. Yeah. It's their tag team now. The trio is over. Your mom's dead forever. It's horrible. Yes. All you have are each other. Look at how much everything else has been torn apart and pulled apart. And that's when he finally realizes that he, that that's how it feels. Anyways, that this is this is who I have now. Yeah, it's it for just a it's time to build your lightsaber. It's a really deep moment, and it was like a man moment too. Yeah, because it's a master apprentice thing now. Yeah, it's like a respect. It yeah. was just it was really good. That was really good. I like that. My favorite part was from the conversations too, and it was the part where. Ben made that comparison of like, I'm going to fucking cry (laughs) of like, I don't want mom to be gone, but I want her to be here. You want to be gone and dead with her. Like, Oh my God, that hurts so much. And it's giving me goosebumps and making my eyes water as fucking. We're emotional people. Impactful scene. It's also very late. (laughs) I spent like nine hours reading and writing today too. Fuck my brain. But no, man, that was such a good scene and such a amazing, amazing insight. You know what I mean? To be able to tell the difference between those two sides of grief. Yeah. Where I want her back and you want to go. That it that's really insightful. Oh, and crushing. That that's more was your favorite that's that's a Ben favorite. Is that your favorite part for Ben too? No, it was my favorite part was Luke realizing it. Yes. Right. So (laughs) to get to that and like where he was like, he wanted to be mad at him for the way that he was talking to him, but he couldn't. He wanted to be mad at him for disagreeing with him, but he was right. Yeah. Like all that stuff. And then it built up to like that. Yeah. His, his inner monologue stuff was really good at that point. It was great. The insightful Jedi master getting the insight into his insight was so insightful. You didn't see that last one coming? No. I just thought you were being you and using the same word a bunch of times. Come on. Oh, that was a fucking home run at the end. All right. 
Character number four, as the cats wander in and out of the room. Jaina Solo. No longer the angriest Jedi. Or the angriest, I don't know, captive, I think I called her last time. Now she is the sharpening sword. I like that one. That's pretty good. I like that one. (laughs) That is evocative naming. First point of order. Jaina Solo is in this book a lot. <laughs> yes. Hello. Yeah. She's Where got are you some been? Pages. She's got some pages. I missed you for two trilogies. <laughs> for like three, six, nine, two thousand pages. They're oh, all roughly three hundred. These books, I'm. They're not small. Uh, well, I'm just realizing oh. now that a lot of what, other than with Jason, yeah, it's all been like not characters that we all like are used to Han and Solo were gone for most of it Luke's asleep for most of it Jaina's right. gone for most of it and you know what that was that was actually that's a good point because that was kind of a big part I think of the marketing for this book series was that yeah your favorite heroes are going to be around but the spotlight is going to be on new heroes same thing with the NJO where I think that was more of a 50-50 mix obviously yeah but this is, yeah, definitely, this is the Jason Solo saga. These nine books with, like, the Dark Nest and the NJO uh, before that informing this. Mm-hmm. But this is his journey. And and everybody else is adding part. to his story rather exactly, than being. Yeah. And I think, that was, I think that was a part of the sales pitch, really. It was like, we're moving forward. Yeah, let's learn some new stuff. Come and love these characters, you know. I, it's great. We love these characters. So what does Jaina do in this book? Back to Jaina and not Jason, you selfish. I'm, She's finally in the book and you don't want to talk about her? I was talking about the books. You said Jason. I'll talk no, about No, I said her. Jason. Yeah, you f- don't make me. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll rewind this ship right. I'll turn this podcast around. Okay. <laughs> she starts off by fixing up the Falcon after mystery dilemma attack number one. And Jaina makes the phantom asteroid connection. Because she's smarter than everybody else, I guess. Mm. Also, she's training her lady nuts off. But Jag still manages to beat her with his surprises and special gear. And she doesn't get mad. She doesn't stab him in his face. It motivates her. Yeah. Wow. Good leader. Such growth. I'm I'm giving all the credit to Jag, not him. (laughs) Or not her. Then she starts working with mom and dad, smuggling herself and the rest of the team aboard the Anakin the first time. She leads the shuttle data mission and gets everyone out safe. Wow. Such a leader. She's killing it so far in this book. Success, success, success. Then Jaina leads the team in and out of Lumaya's asteroid, get it, successfully getting a Lemma killed in the process. How can we tell she's a good leader, Tim? Because Jag and Zek are both willing to die to let her go do what she needs to do. Yes. She doesn't even ask. In fact, she asks them not to at separate points. Mm-hmm. But they both tell her, you got to go do your thing. Because yeah. you're way more important than we are. You're a main character. Your last name is Solo. <laughs> I might be an Antilles over here. And I might be whatever blonde or black haired, maybe with a ponytail. None of that matters. Only Jaina Solo matters. She's a hell of a leader. We talk about this every time. While you're doing that. You go ahead and look it up, right? Thank you. You go ahead. 
Leading them out of the asteroid, of course. Her troops are loyal. And that loyalty is bred for moments like this where she's at Jag's bedside when he's waking up from his injuries with his battle against Alema. She hit him with a fucking railroad track. They're talking friendships and exiles and what to do next. Rejoin the Jedi, of course. Jaina has been like largely military since the Yuzhan Vong War. She hasn't, she's been way less Jedi, way more military pilot. Not so much, you know, at the beck and call of the Grand Master and doing work for the Jedi. She's yeah, been she's, on her own kind of direction. I I think earning her a name for herself. Yeah, in the military. I think for the for the most part of all of it, I think she would be more inclined at certain points in her life mm. to listen to someone like Wedge over right or over any of the her family either way she's back with the jedi and ready to take orders from luke skywalker but only for one day it seems as after the chumada rescue mission is complete she has a final heart to heart with jag where she tells him and realizes simultaneously that she has to go train somewhere and now she knows it's to mandalore to boba fett she must go and i think Jaina winds up pretty good in this book. Like, cons- all events considered. She's, I don't know, in like, like in a pretty good state. She's focused. She's healthy. She's reconnected to everybody. She has a very clear goal right now. Yeah. Get Boba Fett to teach me how to kill Jedi. Like my brother. And she's, she's present she's in the book yeah, she she yeah like i said she's got some pages she and, does I, a and lot. I like it a lot of it's action stuff so you know yeah not touching on that too much in the review but like she has this wild transformation throughout the book where she is just at the beginning kind of like blind rage training to kill a lemma mm-hmm. in quotation marks aka her brother mm-hmm. and then as Things kind of go along and certain parts go right and certain parts go wrong. And, you know, like Jag surprises her. She realizes her training isn't quite good enough. Like if I can surprise you, so can Alema and so can Jason. And she kind of comes full circle into that leadership role of, you know, respecting your subordinates. Yeah. Listening to their opinions without being upset at them. All kinds of like mature stuff. Yeah. Taking advice, taking criticism. She might not know it all kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, even though. Other people with varied experiences have a lot to offer. Like, she's like being smart. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> being cool. It's just a whole different Jaina that, you know, we've been complaining about anytime she was around. It was just like stupid. At the first, well, the first bunch of books, it was just either bickering with Zach or bickering with Jag or... Jag and Zach arguing with each other, or she just wasn't in the book. Yeah, she struck me in the in the first few books as an angry, love obsessed teenager. Yeah, like she just and the, that was the the thing. Like she just got mad about everything. Yeah, stupid. Yeah, like so dumb. to a point of like maybe you built that up too much in the first bunch to for yeah. this payoff. You know what I mean? Like maybe it was too much. 
No, we were like annoyed. Like, we we right, were man, annoyed with that. <laughs> Which um, I can't find Zach's last name. Ah. And he, according to Wikipedia, he looks nothing like I thought he did. <laughs> Do you want to see this picture? Sure. Yeah, no. That looks like no. Jaden Kaur. Yeah, it's... Uh, All right. Like, well, the last name was Zach with a black, long black ponytail. Yeah. I even know where I even know where he was born and all that. I he's, don't know. He's one of the many people that Jaina comes to respect throughout this book. Yeah. She calls him and Jag her friends by the end of it. And they actually are. She's not looking at them in any, any other way. Oh, and they've accomplished a lot together. You know? Even Jag and Zach seem to be friends. I don't know. Because I think they're both kind of done with her. <laughs> I would Especially be. right now. Like, that's clearly off the table. Yeah. She ain't trying to have a relationship. She's trying to fucking cut heads off. <laughs> <laughs> not somebody you necessarily... Uh, yeah, get out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you so, better learn to duck real quick. What was your favorite moment for Jaina in Fury? When she gets shown up by Jag while she's training. Yeah. It's amazing. Cause he does like a couple of surprises. A couple little things. And she's like, you cheated. And and he's like... Yeah, that what? was kind of like one of her last petulant little moments. Yeah. That wasn't fair. You yeah. oh, you can't do that. Yeah. You think everyone's going to fight fair? And she... Is that what you're going to say when he's cutting your face off of your fucking <laughs> yeah. face? And, and <laughs> That's she, not fair. She stops for a second. Yeah. And doesn't... Especially after she force throws him across the... Yeah. Into smashes the tree. him in a tree and stuff. But... She kind of recalibrates after that. Yeah, right after that, because she realizes, that, well, after he tells her, <laughs> that was that fucked up. <laughs> you could have killed me. Yeah, you yeah. did. You realize that, and she ha- takes a minute. I like that. That's her awakening. Moment. Yeah, her her turning point. Yeah, that's a good one. Oh, I like her turning and, point. And my favorite part for her is actually the beginning of that. Where Jag is striding up, dressed like Jason Solo, with the black cape on and the helmet and stuff. And just the gamut of emotions that she goes through yeah. from being shocked and bewildered to irritated to furious to again shocked when it's Jag and then again irritated and furious. Like, yeah, it was just a nice little last bit of her wild emotion before she really gets like honed edge focused yep. towards the end of the book. Character number five. Is Ben Skywalker not so sad since Kavan? No. We trade Ben for Jaina in this book. Yes. He's barely in it. Ben is on Endor recovering from the torture, from the battle, from the, the psychic pain of snapping towards the dark side to try to kill Jason type of thing. Surrounded by his dad and fellow Jedi, a place that he hasn't been very much since the beginning of these books. He yep. was out of that temple so fast and into the GAG, you never even seen him kicking around with other Jedi. <laughs> yeah. It was crazy. Like, it really was. We're going on this missile mission, never going back to the Jedi temple, except for maybe two or three times. Yeah, two or three times. That's about it. Yeah. Where, like, that was where he grew up. Okay. <laughs> Gone. Whoosh. Jason Velcro ripped him right out of there. <laughs> but now he's back in the company of Jedi. And much of Ben's work in this novel, as we discussed before, is mental and emotional work for himself and his dad. He figures out the the Darth Vader homework, like we talked about, that Jason was isolating and manipulating him into being a potential Darth Vader to Jason's Palpatine. That's a pretty big revelation for him, where he's like, oh, I see all the, the ways that he was trying to 
separate me from all my sources of, I don't know, safety mm-hmm. and like conscious, con- conscience, <laughs> not consciousness. But either way, he steps forward and challenges his father's special treatment of him and his, all of his judgment of uh, not telling these people what to do on the mission and like all that stuff. He kind of wakes Luke up to the fact that he's clearly given up on leadership. He's acting like he'd rather be dead, as we talked about. Ben explains the dreadful Jedi attachment to his father in such a clear way, clear and wizened way, that Luke can only agree yeah. and start changing the way that he's acting. That's all he can do. Huh? Yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> Got me. <laughs> attachment, that's how attachment works. The attachment is not, you know, it's not necessarily the fear of losing someone. It's the lack of action that comes afterwards where you're in a fog and you're unable to, yeah. to, you know, help out, do the things you're supposed to do, handle your responsibilities, lead the entire Jedi order. I don't know. All that kind of stuff. Save the galaxy. Those kinds of things. Well, you know, this conversation might be one of the biggest catalysts in the resolution of this war, this mm-hmm. giant galactic peril. Just, Ben telling his dad, knock it off. <laughs> yep. Quit trying to make plans for someone else to take over. We don't need someone else. We need you, dickhead. <laughs> Finally got out of bed and got my boots on. Let's do it. And later they do it. The young apprentice joins his master father on the rescue mission on the Anakin, where he outsmarts his accompanying masters a few times before being forced to kill some ship personnel by with attacking YVH droids. Another one in the long list of deaths on Ben hands. Ben's hands. But this time, it's a little bit different because it's under Luke's direction and Luke's orders. This is the first time he's ever killed anybody in association with Jedi work. Yes. It's a, it's either been accidental GAG stuff or unknowing Sith work for Jason. This is the first time that I can think of that he's killed somebody on Jedi duty. Yeah. And he does it side by side with his dad. Yeah. This is the first time he's only had like two um, purposeful deaths, deaths that he's done, I think. Yeah, pretty much. But either way, I wonder if just that'll be, that'll have a different weight on his conscience moving forward that, you know, the source of the orders. And it comes from ultimately from a good guy, so it's it becomes less draining on your conscience, maybe, maybe less guilt yeah, about it or something. Maybe I don't know. We'll see if we get any of that in the next book, because that's about it for Ben. Yeah, I'm it, sh- sure. I'm sure these actions will carry forward. Yeah, yeah he'll have and they more to do and just be swept under the rug or retconned like a small child once was. Mm-hmm. What was your favorite Ben moment? Um, I don't know. I already used him in my favorite uh, Luke moment. Yeah, but uh, part I part of that same that same conversation just from Ben's from Ben's perspective. Yeah. Um, and his his general insightfulness in every time he's he said anything really in this book yeah was way way deeper than 
I've ever been. And according to the book, he's half my age. He's like a crazy sage wizard right now. Yeah. He's just like, I understand everything. Yeah. And differentiates between certain. It's it's really cool. I just, I, I like Ben. I always have. My favorite part was that he somehow had the idea to make the droids shoot themselves before these grownups with like 35 years of combat experience. He yeah. did though. He did it. Yeah, okay, he did. Yeah, it. He did. We talked to Dead for a bit about that last week. He did it. He's smart. And you know what? Hey, wait a second. Okay. Hasn't that been proven to us time and time again in this book? That he is kind of outsmarting all the Jedi and he is kind of wiser and smarter than mm-hmm. like his dad is right now. Yeah. So like maybe that's your the physical representation of that that we're supposed to take as being the same as like all the conversations that he's having where he's outwitting and out wisening people. Could Here be. he comes with a clever idea. Use the enemies against itself. Okay. He did it. Yep. Our final character. Our longest character, our full page character, Jason Solo, the Sith Lord, Darth Kydus. And oh boy, this was a busy book for Kydus. <laughs> Recovering from near death after the Skywalker attack, he moves quickly to regain the balance tipping Hapen fleet. How, you ask? Fake cheeks, fake beard, fake eye patch, and with those unbeatable spy tactics. He flies the hapes and kidnaps Alana, his daughter, as a hostage for ransom. Injuring Tenelka in the escape process, blowing up a hangar all around her, crushing her with Duracrete. He faces off with attacking Jedi while smuggling Alana into the GAG HQ in a box. Kytus cuts Than Mithrix's head off and damn near kills Kyle Katarn, unfortunately, we were misled, with a mystery lightsaber that's never been addressed. Unfortunately, it was never addressed. But unknowingly... He has a tracker placed on him in this battle. And now, with Alana in his care, Kytus starts screwing everything up again. Mm-hmm. At the beginning of the book, when he's like, gonna get my daughter, he does everything pretty flawlessly. Yep. He's in and out of there, snapping necks, slitting throats, gone with the baby in a heartbeat. Thank God to hear he left that stealth axe there. Amazing. <laughs> I wonder if like that was like foresight from him. Where... He didn't tell her to leave it there, but subconsciously through the force, he knew that she would and he would need that. And so that's why he sent her there all subconsciously. Oh. That'd be cool. That would be cool. Cause but... he's like a force prophet sometimes, right? That'd be neat. Anyways, that's conjecture. Let's talk about what actually happened. He blows everything <laughs> from the time he kidnaps his daughter to the end of the book. He fucks everything up. Possibly do. To the distraction, which has been a big theme in the book, of not connecting with Alana the way that he expects to or wants to. That's what I've, every time we've talked about distractions. No magic words equals no trust. Mm-hmm. No trust equals no focus for Jason. Yeah, and he knows it. He can feel it. And it's not, you know, like, maybe this was a major mistake. Not the obvious mistake of kidnapping his daughter from a queen with a powerful army, but the mistake of bringing her closer to him, like she's in his back pocket now Mm -hmm. and he has to constantly be afraid of slipping and squishing her in his back pocket. Yeah. Cause she's right there. 
meters away from his bedroom in a secret compartment. You know what I mean? I think that might ultimately be what ratchets up the distraction factor for the whole rest of the book. Yeah. And all the times that we were complaining along the way of like, how, how does he miss that? Like, okay, I get it. He's distracted. Okay. I get it. Like, okay. They use it maybe too many times and too many moments where, mm-hmm. like, Oh, you didn't know Kyle Katarn wasn't dead. Oh, he didn't know that his mom was sneaking away. He didn't pay attention to that. Oh, he didn't know it was Jedi on the shuttle when he felt that the, all kinds of shit. Right. Where we have to explain it away by him being distracted and maybe really we've just kind of been programmed to do that throughout the book because that's kind of been the point. Yeah. Is that he is growing increasingly distracted and focused on the wrong thing. He's focused on protecting Alana directly instead of indirectly by saving the galaxy, which yeah. is what he was focused on before when he was <clears throat> fucking killing it. He's killing it. Big yeah. time. Now he's just focused on saving her, protecting her in the moments you know, more often yeah, than in the future. Rather than the larger scope of things. Yeah, and so, like, he's losing that direction. He's losing that focus, and he is distracted. Ultimately, to this number of screw-ups, no, seven of them. Here we go. Uh-oh. Number one, he takes a shady meeting with the Karelians. Bad idea. Almost gets gravity warped. Number two, he lets his mom on the Anakin during the shady meeting, which gets a lemma killed. One of his only dark side resources in the galaxy. Number three, he takes Alana for a panic joyride during shady meeting battle. And now he's bad and she hates him. Probably also saved his life though. Yes. Number four, he gets mad at Karelia and plans to take center point. Gets it destroyed instead. Number five, he tells Alana, I'm your father. She tells Leia and probably everyone else. <laughs> yep. Number six, he ignores his missing mom on the Anakin. She kidnaps his kidnapped daughter from him, the kidnapper. Number seven, he kills Lieutenant Tabut. In front of everybody in a violent, magical way. Yep. And is this going to be like a, a step towards mutiny? Is this going to be a step towards him losing the Anakin? Which is his only real safety that he has left. Like, the one yeah. of the only places he can trust. Where he's surrounded by loyal soldiers and and ship workers that yeah. he can trust. That he handpicked, and that's This that's is him important. alienating himself from the only people who might help him. And we leave him a distraught mess on his knees breathless with no immediate plans as Alana blasts off in the Falcon out of reach of the tractor beams. Mm -hmm. He ends the book more desperate than he's ever been so far. Yeah. More defeated than he's ever been so far. More hurt, more scared. Yeah. More angry. This is going to be, the worst fucking Jason solo that we've ever seen. Yeah. Based on the way this book ends, he is in a fury. He is in a blind rage. And I can only be afraid of what 
depraved and villainous things Jason Solo is about to do. And this to get his daughter back. What is happening is exactly what scary. After Lumaya died, what Alema said. He's yep. going to start making mistakes. He's going to start making mistakes. And if you remember in the last review, we cataloged a bunch of those too. Mm-hmm. Here's another pile of them throughout the entirety yeah. of the book. Just after, one domino after the other. And so, you know, I didn't list it on there, but the number one mistake would be kidnapping Alana. Yes. Bringing her closer to him. She was safe on Hapes across the galaxy away from the war. Away from everything. Yep. And probably the most secure place. Wanted that fleet. Yes. So his mistake is putting his daughter in danger to save her future. And I I don't know if he is ever gonna like realize that subconsciously, but he is not gonna get over that. Maybe it'll be like a, a one of those Alema moments where it's towards the end of wherever this book series ends off at and he finally realizes his mistakes. I don't know. I can tell you this. It does happen. What was your favorite moment for Jason Solo in oh. Fury? Actually, I'm going to go first because mine okay. was the full-on Darth Vader neck snap choke slam <laughs> where he just went way over the line right, yeah full fucking red face and he threw neville across the room too super dark yeah. horrible and irredeemable which is like the line that he's been crossing book after book for since kashik mm-hmm. it's actually been maybe almost every book you could pick out an incident where he goes way over the line yeah he kills Nalani in book one. He kills Aelin Vell in book two. Books three and four, uh, the bad things happen. He yeah. kills Mara in five, sacrifice. He lights Kashyyyk on fire in book six. Yeah. <laughs> well, I wish I could remember three and four better right now, but like. There's one where there's he just. Like a defining moment in yeah. every book where he's just way over the line. And justifies it to himself as you and, know, and each his time, duty and his responsibility as the each sale. time it comes up we we say uh oh this is this is hit him turning this is it <laughs> <laughs> every time yeah, every time uh, not this time <laughs> this time I think he's well yeah passed after out. Kashyyyk is like he's fully turned <laughs> yeah absolutely you can't you can't quit turning the suck knob you're gonna break it off <laughs> quit cranking it so hard it's bad yeah. news. All right, man. That's uh, that's Fury in a nutshell. Yeah. And the the character journeys within, from start to finish. Everybody had a pretty wild ride in this book. All of our major characters. Yeah. Even though Ben wasn't really present for a lot, he did a lot. He did he important a, things. A, a wide wave. Yeah, he did important things. How'd you like this book overall, man? It's a good book overall. Like I think there there are, there are parts that. We, well, we talked about. We had a lot we, of dumb complaints, like yeah. things that don't matter, like the location that, titles and like why yeah. are you cutting the chapter here and stuff like that. Yeah, but I didn't that, have. I had very few complaints about actual story. The, the, was the, good. The plot yeah. or the way characters were written or the way that events unfolded and like you know. Yeah, no, that was other all, than that was all good. Uh-oh. The God, I hate that Kyle Katarn is not dead. Yep. You know, like those moments, that. those extra moments that could add so much more impact to the story 
that you kind of backpedal away from because it's Star Wars and it's a little more lighthearted. Mm-hmm. Where if this is Game of Thrones, bye. Yeah. So yeah. many more people You're would be all dead. dead, right? Yeah. Star Wars is a, a lot more of like a like a pulpy, low-risk action fantasy thing. Mm-hmm. So you have major deaths along the way, but <laughs> more often than not, you're going to get that comic book finish where... <gasps> Is he dead? And then the next issue comes out and he's all right. Yeah. <laughs> he's in the hospital recovering now. Yeah. Yeah. But I thought, I thought, man, this, there was a lot of action in this book. A lot of stuff going on. a lot on. of change. A lot of major building of like forward momentum. A lot of getting the ball rolling on the third act, on the end of this triple trilogy. Yeah. Like where, like I said, every... Buddy, all the mythical heroes have come together to defeat the evil beast. Mm-hmm. And it's plan one has been affected and, and successfully completed. And it's time to move forward in dismantling this evil empire that he's starting to put together. Everything is like laid out on the table nicely for us to go through. Like we know everybody's plans moving forward, except for Jason's. And that's okay. We don't need to finish. We don't need to finish every book knowing what the villain plans to do, right? Yeah, it's kind of good not to. And it's kind of interesting. Like as a book series, I think that's why I like this so much. Is that this is the villain's story? I guess as Star Wars always has been. You know, the original Star Wars is as as much about Darth Vader as it is about Luke Skywalker. Yeah. Prequels aside. You know, that really make it Darth Vader's story. But it is kind of always that balance between the hero's story and the villain's story. Yeah. That it just, ah, God, it just makes everything, I don't know, it makes everything land harder when you get both sides of motivation and understanding what yes. everybody's thinking. Yeah, you have a you have a wider scope of what to think about and talk about. Like, well, you and me talk about, it. <laughs> right? But you have a wider scope to deal with. So you can see it all. Yeah, and in this book, man, like Jason, Ben, Luke, Jaina, Han, and Leia, all had significant landmark moments, mm-hmm. major growth, huge emotional scenes, and it was a nice start to the unraveling of Kaidus and his power. Mm-hmm. And it's it's gonna be largely self-inflicted. Oh yeah, as it already has been, really. Yeah, and I think it's not off-brand at all for him. No, <laughs> you know, it... uh, uh... <laughs> words are hard. It's, uh, okay. it's just Jason is something else, man. As a as like a character study, he's so interesting. Yeah. His motivations are good. His heart is essentially pure. You know? Yeah, he really, he just goes both things around. He just, he steps off the edge of a cliff and it's a fast fall, uh, like of negative growth. Yeah. Where he, you know, he walks off the, the cliff at the edge of being gray, Right into the deepest, darkest pit of all the badness that you could possibly imagine. Mm-hmm. Lighting planets on fire, kidnapping separate two children in this book. Because he brought a stand-in to hapes with them. He's getting horrible, horrible, more horrible. And finally, everyone has banded together with the express goal 
of stopping Jason Solwell. But that was book seven, Tim. Yes, it was. Let's look ahead to the preview portion of the review preview episode where we look at Legacy of the Force book eight, Karen's third installment, Revelation. Immediate question off the bat. What's the revelation going to be? Based on the cover, which of course has golden-eyed Darth Kytus wielding a red lightsaber, which Mm -hmm. we saw that Leia scene he was constructing. We haven't seen it yet. That's significant. This is the reveal of it. This is the revelation of the red lightsaber right on the cover of the book Revelation. Now that is a shock. (laughs) (laughs) Or a revelation, if you will. In the background of it, I don't know, ships are blowing up. There's explosions. There's clearly a war going on. But that's in the background of Jason Solo. Yes. Right? That's meaningful. Mm-hmm. If you want it to be. If you want to draw some iconography and some imagery out of it. If you want to just apply your own ideas to the thing. But is that the revelation? Is that what it's going to be? That Kytus is a Sith? He's going to come out as a Sith? Is the revelation going to be that everybody finds out Alana's his daughter? Is it, Are they going to reveal the one Sith exist? Like, there's a lot of things that... Could be revel- all of the above. Uh, yeah, all of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, to different, they have different varying degrees of impact, Like, right? Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if this had many layers of revelation, as betrayal had many layers of betrayal. Fury had many layers of fury, <laughs> not just Jason's. There's a lot going on in that book. But book eight, we will find out what these revelations <laughs> are. And as I turn the book over, we get our first taste of what's going to happen. During the savage civil war, all efforts to end Jason Solo's tyranny of the Galactic Alliance have failed. Now, with Jason approaching the height of his dark powers, no one, not even the Solos and the Skywalkers, know if anything can stop the Sith Lord before his plan to save the galaxy ends up destroying it. Now that is a nice, that's the just the short blurb at the top of the back. That is a nice microcosm of the whole series. Yes. Jason's trying to do the right thing. He's fucking everything up. He's yeah. doing it all the wrong way. He's <laughs> destroying everything. Everything that his parents and family have built over the last 30 years of saving the galaxy so many times already. We know how to do it. Don't reinvent the wheel. You're doing it wrong. The bigger blurb. He's their kid. He knows better. Says... Jason Solo's shadow of influence (laughs) has threatened many, especially those closest to him. Jaina Solo is determined to bring her brother in, but in order to track him down, she must first learn unfamiliar skills from a man she finds ruthless, repellent, and dangerous. Meanwhile, Ben Skywalker, still haunted by suspicions that Jason killed his mother, Mara, (laughs) You like that weird tone change? You sounded that. You brought that. Started that lighthearted. <laughs> I, I thought that'd be funny, and it worked. Decides he must know the truth, even if it costs him his life. And as Luke Skywalker contemplates once unthinkable strategies to dethrone his nephew, the hour of reckoning for those on both sides draws near. The galaxy becomes a battlefield where all must face their true nature and darkest secrets, and live or die. With the consequences. 
That's fucking melodramatic. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that whole book is over, or that whole blurb on the back is over the top aggressive. Yeah. And very dramatic. And I love it. And honestly, <laughs> like, it brings up Jaina on her journey. This is what we're going to get in the book. Jaina's going to go on her journey to learn some, some new tactics. Ben is going to be investigating the murder of his mother. Luke is going to be, I don't know, contemplating a, a thing he never thought he would consider. Probably killing Jason again. I don't yeah. Know. I don't know. Or it's the tactics of how that's going to happen that he's having a problem with. Who knows, Tim? The only thing I know is that all will be revealed next week when we cover chapters one through four of Legacy of the Force, book eight. Yep. Revelation. Two more. I'm Justin. I'm Tim. Follow the Mandelbrick Road. For any comments and questions, you can hit us up at forevercanonpodcast at gmail.com. Forever Canon Podcast is a Jay Plazer production. Catch us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube at Jay Plazer. Check us out.